coming up on today's episode, you know what we have to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. The Miami Heat officially end their season. Boston Celtics eliminate yours truly, the Miami Heat, in seven games in a crazy, crazy series. We have a lot to talk about. I want to talk about my entire thoughts on the playoff run from Jimmy Butler, from the entire Heat team. Bam Adebayo, talk about the series, what I think went wrong, my analysis, my recap, what I think we could have done, a whole bunch of stuff to get to that I want to unpack and share with you guys. Just a whole lot of venting. I have a, a good feeling that you guys are going to agree with a lot of things I have to say. So a lot, a lot of venting I have. I also look ahead towards the offseason, what I think can be done, what I think went wrong, what should we do, who should we target. There's a couple names that I throw out there as well. Also, what are our assets, okay? If you want to make a trade, you need assets. And we do have a couple of assets that I want to talk to you guys about, want to let you know about what I think can be in play. So a whole bunch of fun stuff for sure. And then towards the end of the podcast, I reflect on this Miami Heat season because at the end of the day, it was a good season. All right, get into the Eastern Conference Finals, go in seven games, finishing first seed in the Eastern Conference, having your coach and Eric Spolster be a Coach of the Year candidate, is nothing to sleep on. A lot of guys emerged. Gabe Vincent emerged. Struce emerged. Tyler Hero emerged. All these guys took leaps. We have a lot to talk about. So I share a little reflection on that with some teammate grades. So I give grades on the entire Heat team. Let you guys know what I think. Like, you know, did, did Gabe Vincent get an A plus or a B plus? Like things of that sort. And I give you my reasons why. That was a fun, fun thing to do. I think you guys will enjoy that. So yeah. It's a lot of stuff to talk about, no doubt about it, but it was a damn sure fun one that I'm sure you guys will enjoy. So keep it locked in because all that's coming up right here on the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast. Welcome to the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast and a lot to say, a whole lot to say. Unfortunately, our Miami Heat have officially been eliminated, as you all know by now, at the hands of the Boston Celtics in a seven-game series, a tough-as-hell seven-game series, an entertaining one. Even though you had a couple blowouts one way, the Heat would smack the Celtics, the Celtics would smack the Heat. Nonetheless, when you put that series in all, you put it all together— you, you think about the performances that Jimmy Butler had, that Bam had winning the game on the road, the Celtics winning games on the road, people battling injury, coming in and out of lineups, Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, you know, Tyler Hero, Jimmy, Kyle, and you put it all together. And honestly, that was a great Eastern Conference Finals, in my opinion. I mean, two tough, tough tough ass teams just going blow for blow you know body for body just blood sweat and tears like every, everything like both teams laid it all out on the line for a chance to get to the NBA finals and it's credit to the Boston Celtics man credit to the Boston Celtics for taking us down man <sighs> I really wish the Heat were in the finals playing in the finals come Thursday night against the Warriors, man. And I honestly felt that they could. I honestly felt that this team was built enough to make it to the NBA Finals, let alone win the NBA Finals. I thought we'd match well against Golden State if we had the opportunity. But, man, I mean, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. You know, a lot of people look at the injuries. 
they blame the injuries. You know, Tyler Hero being out for the last four games. Well, three games. He played in game seven, but only played seven minutes. You can tell he was going to be a complete non-factor from the beginning. It's hard to play with a groin injury. Like, absolutely. We saw Anthony Davis try to do it last year when he was in the Lakers playing against the Suns in the first round, and he could only play, like, what, five minutes before he got re-hurt again. So those things are tricky. I knew right away once Hero was active, I don't think we were going to get much from him at all. But, hey— Injuries are not the reason why we lost the series. I think you cannot blame it. Would it have made a difference? Absolutely. You know, having Tyler Hero there would have definitely made a difference. I mean, we're talking about a 20 points per game score, somebody that who, who can put the ball on the floor and create his own outside of Jimmy Butler. And that's pretty much what we lacked those last couple games. Nobody else but Jimmy Butler can really get his own shot. So, yeah, I think it would have changed it. But I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, if it wasn't for Hero being out, we would have won. You know, the fact of the matter is nobody's healthy. Nobody's healthy at, at the end of the day, let alone you're playing all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, it's now, I don't know, at the time I'm recording this, May 31st. I mean, you're playing from October all the way to June. Nobody's going to be healthy. I mean, the wear and tear that they put on the bodies of these athletes, no one's healthy. We saw Robert Williams. He wasn't healthy. Marcus Smart wasn't healthy. Just no one's healthy. There's injuries on both sides. And that's why they say usually when you make a championship run and you win a championship, it's normally the healthiest team wins. And that's that's what we saw. The healthiest team at the end of the day is who won, which was the Boston Celtics. Of course, they weren't 100% healthy, but they had the most bodies that were able to go out there and contribute. They were the, the most people that were able to stay in the game. Robert Williams, Marcus Smart. You know, we went down. P.J. Tucker only played 17 minutes in Game 7. Uh, Tyler Hero only played 7 minutes in Game 7. The fact is, they weren't healthy. You know, Kyle Lowry gave it all he's got. He wasn't 100% healthy. Jimmy Buckets, man, I know for a fact his ass is not healthy. And for him to have the performances that he had in game six and seven, my goodness, I'm telling you. Jimmy Butler, huh. Jimmy Butler is a fucking superstar. And anybody who has said Jimmy Butler cannot be the best player on his team, best player on a championship team, is out of their fucking mind. And if they don't believe it after that 2020 bubble run, and they don't believe it now, after what he's done this playoff run, I mean, what are you freaking watching? I mean, this dude literally. Literally plays offense, defense, great team player, great leader, works hard as hell, gets to the basket, shoots the three, even though he's not amazing at three-point shooting, but he still knocked down a couple nice big threes throughout the playoffs, and he's not scared of taking them either. It's another thing I like. Don't be somebody that, if you're going to give me the space to shoot it, I'm going to shoot it, and I like that, especially from our superstar. Shout out to Jimmy Butler, man. I mean, if anyone deserves so many damn flowers, it's Jimmy Buckets. I mean, for the entire season, for the entire playoff run, this dude is that dude. And you can only feel bad for him, honestly, because that's how I felt. You know, when it came down to game six and seven, the only reason we had an opportunity to go to seven games, the only reason we had a chance to even win the game was because of Jimmy Butler. And I honestly thought that was disgraceful, to be honest with you. I love this entire Heat team. I love the Heat culture. I love everything about it. I believed in this team. But when it came down, push come to shove, game six and game seven, I thought the help that Jimmy Butler got was completely ridiculous. I think we could have done far better to help his ass. It is ridiculous that Jimmy Butler had to basically carry the team on his damn back, 
pull all of these stats out of his ass to give us a chance to win. Not he doesn't pull out 40 points and we win easily. Uh Uh-uh. He has to pull out 40, 35 points for us to even have a chance to win. That's freaking ridiculous. And let's not talk about the difficult shots he was making. Listen, everybody sets all these players up. Sets up Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Kyle Lowry, you name it. P.J. Tucker, you anybody. Bam. The offense is set up that these guys in particular, and Duncan Robinson, by the way, you get, and Oladipo, you get open shots, and the Heat don't make them. Jimmy Butler ain't getting no open shots. Jimmy Butler's bringing the ball down or getting it at the top of the key, creating his own shot and still scoring, while other players on our team were getting spoon-fed open looks and not able to hit shots. That's the type of shit that was frustrating, and it's quite embarrassing, honestly. An Eastern Conference Finals team to have a supporting cast like that. Like, that's why ESPN has been talking all this shit. And honestly, you know, I used to get mad about it, but hey, it's factual. Like, this is why people talk shit about the Miami Heat supporting cast. Because, hey, push came to shove, and they did not show up in Game 7. They barely showed up in Game 6 as well. That's just a fact. Like, we're clearly not good enough. You know, and it sucks to say, because I really thought we were, but hey... You're tested in the playoffs. You show me a lot in the playoffs. Like, where were some of you guys? I can't, I can't just say, hey, Tyler Hero, because, hey, even Tyler Hero, when he was healthy, he was not having a great playoff run at all. And that's my guy. I'm a big Tyler Hero guy. You guys know that. But he didn't have a good playoff run. He did not have a playoff, you know, maybe a game, I think. I don't really remember. You know, throughout the regular season, I mean, this guy was constantly getting over 20 points per game. I mean, he ended up averaging 20 points per game when a sixth man of the year. We didn't really see that Tyler Hero in the playoffs. You know, I, was, I kept saying, you know, okay, the Hawks series, put that away. He'll do good in the Philly series. No, nope, not even. Not in the Philly series either. N- neither in the beginning of the Celtics series. So Tyler Hero honestly was not giving you that production that he was in the regular season to begin with. So obviously, you, you know, you hear me. I have a lot of thoughts in this playoff run. Um, Bam Adebayo, playoff Bam. You know, that's a guy who, that game three, bam, was amazing. That was amazing. I'm not going to lie to you. That was amazing. But that's what we need from bam on a night-to-night basis. And unfortunately, that's not what he gives us on a night-to-night basis. And I'm disappointed in bam as well. You know, we, we call on him to be our second best player. And he only had, in my opinion, this is my opinion, only two good games this series. That game three where we had to win, big time. Big time fucking game. Like that is that that's big time. I give him a hundred percent all like praise in the world for that. Game seven, he showed up. I'm gonna be honest with you. He showed up and he helped Jimmy Butler. If there was anybody that helped Jimmy Butler have a chance to win that game seven, it was Bam out of bio. So I do give him credit for that. It's game seven, it's at home. You know Jimmy is, you know, doing amazing. You need to be that guy, and he was that guy. So I definitely give shout-out to Bam for Game 7 performance. I didn't think he was going to have a good one, but boy, did he shut me up. He showed up. He played big time. He finished 12-21 from the field, 25 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. That is a lot to ask for for Bam Adebayo in a playoff game, given the way he's played. Obviously, 25-11 and 11 is what he should do, but I'm saying based on how he normally plays, you'll take that for sure, 100%. So 
I, I'm not going to be too hard on Bam on that game seven. But throughout the playoffs, throughout the series, I expected more of Bam. You know, those first two games, eat at me. You know, 10 points the first game, six points the second game, and then game four having nine points. Like, and then game six having six points. I mean, come on. You have three games in single digits. It's a bad series overall. I'm not giving him too much credit. Besides the game three and the game seven, who was aw- that was awesome. I'm not really giving him too much credit. Bam's got to be better. I mean, we pay him to be better. We pay him to be that guy. He has to know that. He has to be more confident in his ability to shoot the ball. And he's got to take shots. And he's got to grow. He has to do it. I don't care if it, you know, if he lacks confidence. You're going to have to do these type of things that you're called upon, especially if Tyler Hero was out, man. You know? But, hey, if there's one thing that I realize is throughout this whole playoff run, I realize that Jimmy Butler is, in fact, a superstar. Jimmy Butler is that guy. He is him, okay? He can definitely lead this team to a championship. Bam Adebayo has the talent. He's not there yet, but he has the talent. It's up to him to go get it. I don't have confidence in him going to get it until he shows me on a consistent basis. But it's there, and I know it's there, and we've seen it's there. It's just up to him. But we need that, we need that number two. We need that real number two. And that's a score, in my opinion. The offense was disgusting. To only see Jimmy Butler really out there creating shots. Offense needs help. I love what Bam can give you. I love the defense that he gives you as well. I love the defense in this team when you talk about P.J. Tucker, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler. Love the intensity. He culture brings defense with you. So, obviously, the defense is basically all natural at this point. But we need bucket getters. We need a guy that can put it on the floor, go get, go get to the rim, take a mid-range shot, and even shoot the three. There's a lot of sexy names out there that apparently may want out or situations that they can get got. That is a Damian Lillard. That is a Zach Levine. That's a Donovan Mitchell. And that's Bradley Beal. I don't know how attainable those guys are. I don't know if they are attainable for the Miami Heat. I know the assets we have may not be enough to get any of these guys. But all I know is that there is a little bit of rumblings that those guys are potentially unavailable. And if we know Pat Riley, he's always looking to improve the team, looking for a big will. And those right there are all guys that would be amazing. I mean, first of all, if you can dream big, imagine just having Dame Lillard. Imagine having Dame Lillard, Bam, and Jimmy on your team. Jesus. That may be asking for too much, but wouldn't that be amazing? Or even Bradley Beal. I mean, that's a guy literally that could shoot the three mid-range shots, get to the paint. I mean, you look at that playoff series. You're going to tell me that having Bradley Beal would have been the difference? Come on now. You know damn right. Bradley Beal taking the pressure off of Jimmy Butler and Jimmy Butler doing what Jimmy does definitely would be punch ticket to the NBA Finals. You can tell we're one piece away, one nice, solid piece away. So that's why I feel like the opportunity is there. The Heat have to do their due diligence, which I'm sure Pat Riley will do. Pat Riley will definitely do that. So you, you think about who can they give up? Well, here's our assets. You got Tyler Hero. He's coming off his best season of his career. Winning the sixth man of the year award, 20 points per game. Tyler Hero right now just turned, I believe, 22 or 23 years old. He's young as hell, amazing upside, amazing potential. He is a baller. That is your most attractive piece. That can get you that third star. That can get you who what you need to get over the hump, in my opinion. And I think the value is so damn high right now that the Heat have no choice but to get rid of him right now and try to upgrade. Reason why I say that is because Jimmy Butler is getting old. 
Okay, Bam Adebayo is young. Jimmy Butler is that guy right now. You got to capitalize on the Jimmy window, and that might have to sacrifice a little bit of your future. I'm with keeping Bam, but when you're keeping Hero and Bam, that's two young guys right there. Jimmy Butler's the older guy. You know, what, what's the goal here? Try to, try to maximize Jimmy's window and win a championship or think about the future? I think just keeping one guy, which would be Bam out of bio, is what the Heat should do here. Look to trade Tyler Hero. What else are their assets? Omir Yurtsevin. That's a young guy who showed amazing potential. I think a lot of teams would like that potential as well. He can rebound the ball. He's a big guy. He can stretch the floor, and he has a lot of potential. Duncan Robinson. Yeah, it's a $90 million contract, but he's a shooter, and he can shoot the hell out of the ball at the end of the day. Every team in the NBA wants a shooter, especially a contending team as well. A team that's trying to get to the playoffs definitely, definitely wants a shooter on their roster. For example, the Los Angeles Lakers, I'm sure, would kill for Duncan Robinson right now, having him alongside LeBron James, AD, and Russell Westbrook. So that's an example right there. So even though Duncan did not have a good season, believe me, teams are definitely knocking on the door for a shooter, no doubt about that. And also, we have three draft picks that we are able to use. So the assets are there. Are they great assets? No, but we've seen Pat Riley pull off some magic. I mean, we have saw him get rid of the Hassan Whiteside contract. We've seen him get rid of the Deion Waiters contract. And Pat Riley just always has a trick up his sleeve. So if there's anyone in the NBA that could pull off something, it's Pat freaking Riley. And I'm just happy that that's the guy that's running my franchise. But hey, that is what I have to say about the playoff run. And you want to get into game seven to me it was a hard-fought series the better team won at the end of the day we were not able to help jimmy butler enough it's sad that we were able we were relying on jimmy butler so much the max Struess three-pointer i thought was complete bullshit i mean i don't know how you review something about what five ten minutes later after it happened that's completely ridiculous i don't know how the hell that's possible i think that's complete bullshit but it's hard to say that's the reason we lost. I mean, when you look at it, yeah, Jimmy was down. We were down two points with Jimmy with the ball. If if Struess made that shot, we would be up one. But the, the whole game would have been played out differently. So I don't really throw it too much on that. But believe me, I was pissed about it, and I thought that was complete bullshit. Don't get me wrong. A couple of missed free throws, a lot of them. I believe I counted eight or nine missed free throws. That's also a big thing, a big reason why we lost the game. You cannot do that, especially on a game seven in your home floor. You got to make the damn free throws. And now, last but not least, down two points. We, you know, we had this crazy comeback. Jimmy Butler's coming down the court. Al Horford backpedaling the controversial three-point that he took. The three-pointer that he took to put the heat up one. My feelings on that. I've been getting a lot of questions about it. Initially, no, no, no. Let me, let me keep it real with you. Al Horford's backpedaling. Jimmy's killing all game. I love love the chances for Jimmy Butler to put his head down and take Al Horford straight to the hoop, possibly draw an and one, possibly draw a foul, or honestly, not even looking for those, just making the bucket over Al Horford because Jimmy Butler at full speed with this guy backpedaling. I love my chances there. Love my chances. That is 100% what I would have done and what I've liked to see Jimmy Butler do. But Jimmy Butler stopped and pulled up for the three-point shot to go for the kill shot, to take the lead and get up by one and potentially have that game-winning shot. Jimmy Butler played every single minute of that game, 48 fucking minutes. That dude was not ready to go to overtime, so I believe he took the three because he did not want to go to overtime. 
And he also wanted to be the hero. And honestly, I'm going to live and die by that. Because if it wasn't for Jimmy Butler at all, we would not be in this position. And I think Jimmy Butler earned the right, if he believed that he could make that shot, to stop and pop for a wide-open three-pointer, which he had a good look. I'm going to live and die with my superstar making that decision. So I'm not knocking Jimmy Butler like a lot of ridiculous-ass people are. I'm living with that. My star player believes in that. He's going for the kill shot. I love that mentality. Like, that's Jimmy Butler right there for you. That's Jimmy Butler, confident as hell in his ability. He says, I'm going to shoot this three and send these fuckers home. Get the fuck off my court. I love it. I love it. At the end of the day, I love the mentality. I, I love the shot. I live with the shot. Live and die with my superstar. I'll take it. So those are all my thoughts on the Miami Heat playoff run, uh, the playoff series and everything. But unfortunately... The beat goes on. We're eliminated. Celtics taking on the Warriors. I have the Warriors winning that series in six games. I do think Boston matches up really, really well against them. I don't think they really have guys that can guard Tatum. I mean, Wiggins is good, but that Tatum and Brownway, is Klay Thompson going to be healthy? I mean, the matchups are pretty good. You know, you got Smart on Curry, but I just, like I said, man, Golden State, I've said this on the podcast, championship experience, I'll take that 100%. You know, Klay Thompson and the play in the playoffs, you know, finals, these this big three having so much experience and being there before and doing it multiple, multiple times. I'm taking that experience all day, every day over the Boston Celtics, even though the Celtics, in my opinion, match up better against Golden State. I think they have a better team top to bottom, uh, better. Just I think they're just better. But that experience, man, that experience is real. That chemistry is real. And no chance in hell I'm betting against the Dubs taking down the Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals. So give me Golden State in six for my prediction. But enough of the heat. Let's take a little dive into my opinion. Give you guys my teammate grades for the Miami Heat. I want to share my grades for each of the important players that played a big role uh, in this regular season. I'm not going to count playoffs in this one. This is just going to be like a season in review give people their flowers, and give my teammate grade to a couple of guys. Uh, I'm going to give 10 10 grades here and share them with you as we reflect on the pretty much good, really good NBA season for the Miami Heat. Hey, Coach of the Year candidate Eric Spolstra, finishing number one seed in the Eastern Conference. You know, Lowry going down for some time. Bam missing a couple months with the surgery. Jimmy missing a couple months as well. We've missed guys in and out the lineup and throughout all of that adversity that we had to play that we had to face against. Also, Duncan Robinson not living up to the contract. Like you pay that man $90 million for a reason, and he doesn't live up to the contract. Markeith Morris going down for like 70 games. Victor Oladipo not being able to play until like pretty much the last month, month and a half. All of that adversity. And the Miami Heat still finish at the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. So Shout out to Coach Spolstra. Don't get lost, even though we lost in Game 7 and it hurt so bad, he fans. But we had an amazing, amazing fucking season, guys. We had an amazing season. It was such a joy to watch this team just grind and make no excuses and just keep fucking fighting. Like, that's one thing that I, I don't take for granted. Don't take for granted at all. So let's get to these 10 grades here before we wrap up the show. Let's see if you guys agree with them, too. I had a lot of fun doing this. So... First one, we're going to go with Kyle Lowry. So Kyle Lowry averaged 13.4 points per game this season, 4.5 rebounds, 7.5 assists, 
The year before that, he had 17 points per game, 5.4 rebounds, 7.3 assists. I'm giving Kyle Lowry a B minus, honestly. Yes, he was important to our team. Yes, I love the assists at 7.5 a game, but I don't think Kyle Lowry really made the impact that I expected him to make when you pay him that money. I thought he was great. I thought he was an upgrade. Don't get me wrong. I love the way he defended. I love the leadership. I love the way he was able to push the break. I love the way he took pressure off of Bam out of bio. All of these things were really, really important. But I just don't, I think he could have had a better impact on this Heat team. You know, I do like how he stepped up when Bam out of bio and Jimmy were out, especially. But I expected a little more, you know. Maybe at least 15 points per game instead of 13.4. I would like a little bit more scoring from Lowry when you pay him that money. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and B minus. I'm going to give him a B minus. Part of it, I think, has to do with the shape. I don't think Kyle Lowry came in the best shape that he could have been, especially being a Miami Heat player. I think Kyle could have been in better shape, and that showed it towards the end. I mean, the injury, you know, things of that sort, it plays a factor. So... Might be a little harsh here, but Kyle Lowry's getting a B minus in my opinion. Duncan Robinson, 10.9 points per game, 40% shooting. He had 13.1 the year before, 13.5 the year before that one, and shot 44%. Listen, you pay this man $90 million. You pay him so much damn money, which I thought was a good deal at the time. You got to be better, and he completely was bad. He was bad in all categories. He was terrible at defense. He was able to put the ball on the floor and get to the rim a couple times, which I did like. But overall, just a complete disappointment of a season for Duncan Robinson. I, I expected so much of him. I kept giving him the benefit of the doubt of, hey, maybe it's just a bad stretch. Maybe he'll get better. You know, I kept making excuse after excuse after excuse. But the excuses ran out for me and Duncan Robinson ends up with a C as a grade for me. I think that's really harsh. You know, he's lucky I didn't have it lower than that. But, man, I mean, when you pay him that much money you're and you're not shooting well from three or giving us defense, you got to get a C. You have to. Duncan's got to be better. Whether he's here next season or not, I guess we'll find out. But, yeah, Duncan is getting a C on this one. Caleb Martin is the next guy. Caleb Martin came off from averaging five points per game, shooting 37% in his previous stop in Charlotte, to coming to the Heat and averaging 9.2 points per game and shooting 50%. So his percent went up 13%, shooting 50, and his points per game went up 4.2 points. Y'all really gonna tell me Heat culture ain't real? Come on now, how many times does Spo do this? I mean, you get these guys that are undrafted or unwanted or two-way guys, and Spo, they come to the Heat, and they have their best seasons of their career. Like, he, Eric Spolstra constantly gets the best out of his players, the most out of his players. And there you go. Another example is Caleb Martin. The other guys we'll mention later. Caleb Martin, though, I thought he was awesome. I'm going to go ahead and give him a B-. minus. I'm saying B-. minus. I think You know, actually, let me give him a B, okay? I'm going to give Caleb a B because I really like his contribution to the team. Loved having him on the team. I mean, the fact that he was a two-way player and then got the guaranteed deal shows that he's deserving of the B grade that I'm giving him. I like that he was able to improve his points per game, his field goal percentage. I think he took smart shots. I love his ability to full-court press, loved his defense, and he was just ready. He was one of those guys that you can put out there at any moment, and he is going to be ready. He's going to play hard. He hustled hard. 
took the ball to the hole. Love the confidence in that man. I really, really enjoyed having Caleb Martin as a Miami Heat. So he definitely is getting a B here. Might be too high. You guys be the judge, but I'm giving Caleb a B. I love what I saw from him. Next guy, Victor Oladipo. Vic is going to get a C-plus here simply because I did not have enough of a sample size to really give him a higher grade. The fact that he was unable to get healthy pretty much the entire season until the end, and then also being in and out of the rotation, I don't think I saw enough for me to give him anything higher than that. So Vic has a lot to prove to me. Uh, but for now, I'm going to go ahead and give Victor Oladipo a C-plus on this one. Next on the list is P.J. Tucker, man. And what can I say about P.J. Tucker? I mean, somebody who I've been banging on the table for for quite some time. Those of you guys have that have been with me since day one know what P.J. Tucker means to me. I've been saying this since last season. He's been my X Factor all along, and it's nice as hell to see that we were able finally to get P.J. Tucker here in a Miami Heat uniform. And it was such a joy to have that type of guy on our team, rooting for that guy night in and night out, just seeing the intensity he plays with, the hustle he plays with, the way he is as a teammate, his toughness, everything was such a damn joy to watch. And honestly, you think about, you know, me, probably besides Jimmy Butler, he might be my favorite Heat player on the team. I mean, when you have a guy that competes at the level he competes at and carries himself, it's like, damn, P.J. Tucker, like, how the hell could you not love him so pj tucker's averages was 7.6 points per game 5.5 rebounds per game 2.1 assists and shot 48 percent from the field that's his highest field goal percentage believe it or not since his rookie year his rookie year he only played about a couple minutes so his field goal percentage was definitely high you know you got to think about it. you're only taking two shots a game you're making one of two it's going to be high but this right here is his highest field goal percentage since his rookie year and pretty much his real highest field goal percentage if you think about it. And honestly, his highest points per game total at 7.6 since 2015 when he played to Phoenix. So that's also something that's crazy because you think about P.J. Tucker being a beast of a player normally in his Houston days, right? Shooting that three ball and all that stuff. And look at this. He actually averaged more points per game this season, being an older player than any season in Houston at all. So 7.6 points per game for P.J. Tucker. Like I said, most points per game since 2015 when he was in Phoenix. P.J. Tucker gets an absolute big A as a grade for me. Everything you can ask for and more. You're able to rebound the ball, score more points per game than I expected you to do, play amazing defense, shoot an amazing clip. Like I said, your highest field goal percentage since your rookie year. Everything you can ask for and more. And at his age, P.J. Tucker, playing through injury. Big, big A for P.J. Tucker. I'm so damn grateful to have him on my team, that's for sure. And two more remaining. Next, Bam Adebayo. Going from 18.7 points per game to 19.1 points per game, which is a career high, by the way, and going from 9 rebounds to 10.1 rebounds while shooting 56%. Bam out of bio throughout the regular season. Regular season, not playoffs. He gets an A as well. Love the what I saw from Bam out of bio this season. His assist numbers went down, but that's because we had a real point guard on our team in Kyle Lowry. But I like the fact that he had a career high in points. He did battle injury where he had to go down with the surgery for a couple of months, but he was able to bounce back, be a defensive player of the year candidate, 
obviously averaging, like I said, a career high in points, getting the rebounds up from 9 to 10. I thought he was better rebounding. So Bam Adebayo gets an A for the regular season awards. And a lot of people might not agree with that, but in my opinion, I think it's an A. And he has a lot of potential to get that to an A-plus next year. But we'll see how it goes. And last but not least, our king, our leader, Jimmy fucking Butler. Jimmy fucking Buckets, A-plus. Do I need to say anything? Absolutely not. There's nothing to say. Jimmy Butler's Jimmy Butler. You guys know who he is. You guys know what he is about. Absolute A-plus. No explanation needed. And that is all my teammate grades for our Miami Heat team following this season. So... Wanted to share those thoughts with you. I hope you guys agree with a lot of those grades. I would love to hear your feedback on that. And yeah, at the end of the day, we unfortunately lost in seven games to the Boston Celtics. But hey, it was an amazing season, an amazing ride. And I'll tell you what, there is no other team that I'd rather root for in the entire NBA but this Miami Heat team. All right, it's Miami Heat till I die. Eric Spolster, Pat Riley, Heat Culture, you name it. There's no other team I'd rather root for. People could talk shit. People can blame this, blame that. Do what you want. But at the end of the day, I'm riding with Jimmy Butler. I'm riding or dying with my star player. I'm riding or dying with Pat Riley. And I'm riding or dying with the Miami freaking Heat. All right, so that's a wrap. Thank you so much for everyone taking the time and listening to this podcast unfortunately not the way we wanted to see our Miami Heat season end but credit to the Boston Celtics like I said they were the better team and they got the most of us and they deserve it they got to the finals over us we had our chances we can't complain injuries aside you know it doesn't matter like I said on the podcast injuries is part of the game so I'm sure a couple of fans are still hurt I am as well don't get me wrong but hey this Heat team is definitely going to be back. You guys know Pat Riley's on the phones all the time. You see that Jimmy Butler is a superstar. You see he can go get it done. The window is now. Bam Adebayo has the potential to take yet another leap. This Miami Heat team is not done. Jimmy Butler, since being on the Heat, finals his first year. Next year made it to the playoffs but got eliminated. But the following year after that, seven-game series in the Eastern Conference Finals, okay? So two Eastern Conference Finals appearances, one final appearance. Jimmy Butler is not done, and the Miami Heat are not done, all right? So keep it locked in. It's going to be a nice offseason. We're going to have a lot to talk about on this podcast, NBA fans. You guys know I'm big on the Dolphins, so a lot of NFL topics are definitely coming your way this summer. A lot of things to get to, for sure. We got you covered all season on the Miami Sports Vibes podcast. It's not just Heat talk. It's not just Dolphins talk. You got all Miami sports here, Mar some Marlins in there. So keep it locked in. Just because the season is over, I'm not going nowhere. But guys, thank you for the support. And once again, thanks for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes podcast with Nando Diaz. Mm -hmm.